from the Word of the Lord. It's something that you hear quoted quite often. And this will just be the latter part of it. I only want to read the latter part just so that I can put emphasis on this. So that is the part that comes after the colon. Proverbs 15:30 A good report maketh the bones fat. Oh hallelujah. Let's talk about the good report. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it's a good thing to talk about after we talk about fasting, you know. You may be seated. As a pastor of the church, it is indeed good to see all of our guests here. We're glad that you chose to come and be with us. Uh, we have taken a little time in uh, explaining our fasting and chain prayer. Uh, the reason why I wanted to do this, uh, I knew that we had a good number of people fasting, and uh, so many people are raising their hands for the days in which we're just only taking five names. So some of you just keep raising your hand, keep raising your hand, and you never get called on. I don't want you to feel that your fasting uh, is unimportant. It is. Uh, on the 40-day chain, we took 35 names for next week. But included in our regular fasting, that is the 35 plus the others, we have a total of 97 people who will be fasting this next week. So this is the reason why that I, I want to point this out, because if you're fasting and you're praying, whatever you're doing for Jesus is important. Every bit of the money that you put in for these missionaries, of course we're fasting and praying for Brother Abernathy along with the uh, revival for our city. Uh, everything you do is important. You never pray a prayer. You never give any money. You never fast or miss a meal. Uh, what God uh, doesn't take it in consideration. And looking out across the congregation, while well, we have a, uh, a pretty good crowd tonight, we, we have a good number of people absent. I think the Rossing family, they're involved in some family activities tonight. I see that the Aguirre family is not here. That's a fairly large family, both of these. Uh, Mark and Shannon Montanio are not here. We just have a good number of people. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I, I'm, I have not counted uh, recently how many people that we've had praying and fasting on a regular basis, but uh, I would say, considering the people that are not here, somewhere around 100 to 105 people per week. Now, what we're going to do, we're going we're to move the devil back, and we're going to capture some of these souls that uh, Jesus wants to save. Really, I believe that with all my heart. I say, I believe that with all the, uh, my heart. As we see the day approaching, more and more and more we, we see evil setting in. And it, it just seems like there's so many bad reports, so many negative things. Pick up the newspaper, just negative all the way. Quite frankly, there's some things that I read, I just get plain disgusted. You know, just plain disgusted. Uh, it, it just... Uh, it, it's amazing to me some of the things that are just being brought, brought out in the open and openly discussed, things that years ago uh, you'd only find discussed in a very uh, controlled 
a private atmosphere. It's not that way anymore. Just anything you want to discuss, you read it in newspaper articles. The world, no doubt, has never experienced a day like this day. Uh, this morning at the conclusion of my message, uh, a mother brought her child right down here to the altar weeping and crying, sobbing. You could hear her all over the building crying before she made it to the altar. Within a matter of minutes, God had filled Terry uh, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We took and baptized her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, she'd been in, this was, that was her third service that she's been in. And then at the conclusion of our service, along with Terry, a young bus girl by the name of Monica went down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She brought her parents out. I don't think they've been in one of our services before. In fact, I know they haven't. They said, no, this is our first time here, but we wanted to see Monica baptized. So they went right back there and watched their daughter go down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. You know, I believe Jesus is coming back soon. I believe that. You know, there, there are several things that I want to talk about. I want, I want to give you a good report because, I, you know, the church is alive and well. I, I hear a lot of negative things about the church. Uh, well, <clears throat> I could start in and talk for a while about things that I, I'm happy with, uh, <clears throat> even right here at Calvary Gospel Church. One lady came one time. She said, well, I didn't particularly. Uh, I just saw a lot of things I didn't like. I said, well, did you hear me preach? She said, yes. I said, well, obviously, if you listen closely, you found out there, there were some things going on I didn't like. And I tried my best to, <laughs> to do something about it. <laughs> but uh, regardless, you know, there, there are many, many great things that are taking place. Now, I felt I needed to preach tonight. We have with us Brother Decker. He is a very good friend of mine. I've known him for years. And I would be so happy to have him preach. And uh, because I am preaching tonight, I'm going to invite him to come back and preach for us. We need Brother Decker to come preach, don't we? <clears throat> I have a little family situation that needs to be taken care of this week, and I want your prayers and understanding. My mother has been quite sick. Her blood sugar is very high, and she hasn't been doing well, and I need to go to Texas, so I'm going to be leaving Thursday, and I'll be down there for just a few days and returning. But uh, we just had our conference, and I'll tell you, I came back with so many things, just so many things in my heart. I uh, Thursday, Friday night service, Brother Cunningham preached, uh, he did really preach, I'll tell you. He just really set the place on fire. God came down and moved in a great way. and uh, But he told us so many good things. If you missed the service, uh, we do have tapes. They are available. Uh, I think Sister Grant brought back some tapes for all of our ministers. I don't know if you got those tapes or not. They had to do with the Winter Youth Convention. But she wants to pass these out to you. Uh, we have a lot of people involved in evangelism, a lot of people that are praying, a lot of people that are seeking the Lord. I just want to encourage you. You see, Jesus said that the gospel of the kingdom must be preached unto all the world for witness, then shall the end come. Brother Abernathy, our missionary, was with us. He 
he just uh, unburdened his heart. And I'll tell you, he's such a fine man. He was here with us in our church. He's one of our partners. We took a, a good offering for him when he was here. But he's at conference. God moved upon our ministers. We have a 7 o'clock uh, conference missionary breakfast. And he told us about all the uh, needs of Malawi. That's a small country in Africa that has 9,700,000 souls. And they're just having a great revival there. Uh, I pledged $1,000 from our church. Uh, so we need to pay $1,000 within a year for a new building in the capital city, Lilongwe. Uh, that's the name of the capital city. Uh, now, don't ask me to say it again because I probably won't say it the same way. Every time I say it, it comes out different. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we did uh, say that we'd send in $1,000 for that project, $35,000. They're working on it right now, but he needs that to complete it. I think we raised uh, about $12,000. And then he needed 37 partners in missions before going back, and we raised 12 no, pardon me. Uh, yes, we did. We raised 12 of those, and uh, he, has, he has lined up to go to several churches. He's at Brother Mike Meadows' church tonight, and uh, we're believing that Brother Meadows will take him on. Brother Meadows was not in the meeting due to a family situation in St. Louis. But, uh, you know, I, I thought about what Jesus said, and I thought of all of the glowing reports of the people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go over some of those. But, but you know, who knows? You know, Jesus in Matthew 22 gave a parable of the great wedding feast. And he said, my house must be full. And the gospel of the kingdom must be preached unto all the world for witness. Then shall the end come. Who knows when uh, maybe the last missionary, not even aware of what's going on, would get in his uh, Jeep or whatever he's driving, usually a four-wheel drive vehicle, go down some country lane cross some river, go up a rocky steep and get out and walk into a village, open his Bible and preach. And maybe some soul will come and give his heart that will make the house of the Lord full, the last person to respond to the gospel call. You know, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And who knows when that's going to take place. But it is going to take place. It really is. You know, uh, we need to start filling our hearts with, with productive things, positive things. And the reason why is because it has a direct bearing on your faith. If you sit around and think of negative things all the time. I know every now and then I, people come in the church, the first thing they want to do is corner me and talk about some negative something. If it's before service, I, I don't like that. I can, I can handle a little better after... The Holy Ghost has been falling. But I, you know, why? Go to the prayer room. Pour your heart out to God. Hallelujah. Every now and then we'll have someone that's troubled. Go out and sit in the vestibule and tie up two or three ladies. Usually the ladies. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I don't know of any men that have been doing that. But use us the ladies. Listen, if you have a problem, don't go out there and get four or five sisters around you to con converse with you while the preaching of the Word of the Lord is going on. Get in here. Let God talk to you. Let your soul be fed. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon you. Let God deal with you. I don't know the times that people have set up meetings with me after church and after 
the word of the Lord went forth. Not just my preaching, but others. And they'd come and say, Brother Grant, I, I want to just cancel out tonight. I'm going home. I said, well, I'm sorry. I've got time to meet with you. Yes, but God's already met with me. He's already answered my, my question. He's, he somehow filled the void. The dilemma uh, seemed to dissipate as the word of the Lord is being preached. You see, the word of the Lord is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing of sunder of soul and of spirit and to the joints and the bara and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. My God's word can get deep down inside of you and burn like a hot branding iron to take away some of that frustration and some of that confusion. Let God talk to your mind. Don't you dare go someplace in a Sunday school room. In fact, I, I heard not long ago that happened. I said, I, I'm, I'm making a promise to you, God, if I, if I know that it's happening, I'm going to tell a, an usher to go usher the people in. You're just as much out of order as you as the kids would be if they were playing in the parking lot during service. Praise God. Get in the house of God and hear the word of the Lord being preached and feel the fervent, hot spirit of God flowing. Let conviction rest upon your soul. Let's get involved in a good report. If you fill your mind with good things, get your mind off yourself. Things won't be so horribly critical. It's amazing when you fill your heart with good things, how a lot of this other garbage that you've been cluttering your life up, how it'll just fall by the wayside. Not long ago, someone asked me, how can, I, how can I get up and stay up? I said, what you need to do is join one of the bus routes or go to the campus ministry. Go out and talk to somebody that's lost. Get your mind off of your little petty problems and things. and Get involved with somebody that's got some real problems. Somebody that's got scars of sin cutting deep inside of their mind into the crevices of their heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you get involved with people that's got real problems, my friend, it makes some of those little things that you have as a Christian look in so insignificant. And you know the reason why that those things are burdening you down? The devil comes and attacks you and you don't take those cares to the Lord like the Bible says. Take your cares. Cast all of your cares upon Him. Listen, you can't cast something and hold on to it at the same time. You cannot do it. It's just a violation of the principles of physics. You, you absolutely cannot cast a, a football and hold on to it at the same time. You can't cast a baseball. You can't cast a rock and hold on at the same time. When you cast it, you have to turn loose of it voluntarily. Now you may go through the motions of casting, but as long as you hold it in your hand, you have not thrown it any place. And you need to learn to go before God and before Calvary and say, Lord, I open my heart and throw myself at the altar and give everything to you, Lord. And walk away and let Jesus Christ have it. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. The Apostle Paul closes the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Doesn't say anything about somebody else's problems, does it? doesn't say anything about how bad some things are in certain circles of our society. Do you know what you can do? 
You listen to me. I agree that Christians should be concerned about the political arena of our day. But you can only listen to so many Rush Limbaugh messages until you begin to think the whole world is going to go to hell. It's not true, my friend. And I believe that what he's saying is right beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I also believe that there are good, honest, down-to-earth people that are living their best on this planet Earth, that are rapture-ready, and if the trumpet of the Lord blows today, the house of God will be full in that heavenly city. I believe it, Brother Decker. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart, my friend. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, I feel so secure in this. If no other souls are saved, God has buried beneath the green sod of this earth a church that's waiting for the whisper of the trumpet of God. And it's going up some of these days. He has secured that already, my friend. I believe that with all my heart. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned with the tithe that's in our land. But what I'm saying is, you need to fill your mind with the good report, the good news, more than the bad report and the bad news. If there's anything that's going on in your family that's not good, you need to know about it, and you need to be concerned about it, and you need to pray about it. And you need to do everything that you know to do about it. But on the other hand, if all of your relationship with a son is negative, or with a daughter is negative, I will assure you that you will not have any positive results. There has to be a, a positive relationship that goes on inside the home. In other words, what about the family altar? What about the moving of the Lord? I've talked with some parents that told me, we can't have a, a move of God in our family altar because there are too many problems with the kids. I said, listen, you get in the prayer room. You push yourself back from your table until you get a hold of God. You can walk into hell's gate where devils are flowing out by multitudes and have a revival. I believe it. I believe with all my heart. I've had preachers say I couldn't even preach there. Everybody sat down on me. Listen, I've been in some of those places before. In fact, I was in one place not too long ago. And I told the people, I said, listen. I said, I forbid anybody in here from saying amen when I preach. I don't want to hear one word. Because it's too disgusting to see one or two say it and nobody else. So everybody be quiet. And I'm going to pretend that I'm preaching to people that are on fire. And I'll pour my soul out to you. You may sit there and you may not feel an amen. But when I finish preaching tonight, the Word of God's going to brand its way inside of your heart and you will be moved by the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me you can't be anointed. Don't tell me you can't preach the Word of God with fervency. Don't tell me you can't have a move of God in your family altar. Listen, you and mom, go to your bedside and get a hold of God. When your children are asleep, go in that bedroom and lay hands on them and plead the blood. You can have revival. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can have revival. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. I'm going, to, I'm going to say this for the sake of Pastor Decker and the few saints that are here from Wisconsin Dells. I know how your church got started and why it got started. And I know that that other number that came out is not living right. But don't you, don't you in any way, shape, form, or fashion allow that evil report to affect your fervency in God. You can have revival. 
Souls in the devils can find the Lord and know God in the power of the Holy Ghost. Just get your mind off all that stuff and come on with God and let God lead you and let God guide you and let God direct you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to ask Brother Moran to turn this on. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God. The good news. I say 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 the good news. <laughs> if the good news maketh the bones fat, what do you think the bad news does? Dehydrates you, spiritually speaking. You get weak and crippled, and you don't feel like moving, and it saps all of your energy. You don't even feel like going to the prayer room. I've seen people that listen to so much garbage and junk, they didn't feel like praying. And all the while they were filling their ears with this, they were thinking, my, people need to pray. People need to pray. But when it came praying time, they didn't have enough strength to go and pray. My, 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 my. I think of Acts the 6th chapter, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about this. When the apostles, they said, we must give ourselves constantly to prayer and to the minister of the word of the Lord. And so they needed someone to assist. And they decided that they needed to get some deacons. And that's when they chose the deacons. We're not for sure just uh, if they were deacons by name at that time or not because the Bible doesn't say. But the Bible says two things. They must be full of the Holy Ghost. And they must be of honest report. Now that simply means that they live the life of good news. You see, if you live the life of good news, if you're going to talk to somebody about the good news, you need to be the good news. You know, it, it, it diametrically, diametrically opposes the moving of the Spirit if you're going to witness to somebody about the good news and you're the bad news. Now, I'm a, I, I consider myself to be a pretty easy fellow to get along with. But, uh, and I'm not real confrontational. I hear a lot of things that I disagree with and don't say a word. Just, you know, because it's just a matter of personal preference, the way th things are done in certain people's lives, and I let a lot of things go. But I will say this. That every now and then I see some person coming, I thought, I think, oh no, not again. Getting a little ring in this one, brother. Let me just turn it off altogether. Just let's go back to this one, okay? So, when I get to dreading seeing someone, and the reason why is because just bogged down, I mean, all the way to their elbows almost, and in problems. Problem, 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 problem. You may say, well, Brother Grant, everybody has problems. That's my whole point. They do. But everybody can have the victory. And you cannot have the victory if you dwell on the negative. You simply cannot. Now, first, these deacons were men who were full of the Holy Ghost. We have elders in our church, and we choose the, those elders. <clears throat> and I'm a little picky about some things. But I like for our elders to be in the prayer room, 
prayer warriors praying around the altar. You've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Now, you can't be full of the Holy Ghost and not have a burden. You hear what I'm saying? You can't be full of the Holy Ghost and sitting back while everybody's praying just standing back there. Because that's a sign of an empty tank, or at least a tank that's going empty. You know that? In other words, when spiritual things are taking place, and all you want to do is talk about work tomorrow, or a fishing trip, or a vacation, it's a true sign that your tank's getting empty. You know that? Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. Let's say full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. Let's say it again. Full of the Holy Ghost. Let's say it again. Full of the Holy Ghost. You see, when Jesus Christ comes back, my, we want the power of God in residence inside of our hearts. For if the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in your mortal bodies, it shall also quicken you in the day of the Lord. You know, my Jesus is coming back after me. Maybe this would be a good time to say it. Now, the house of the Lord is going to be filled. You know that? Now, that simply means that Jesus might have come back, let's say yesterday, and still coming back tonight. But because of your backslidden condition, he's got to get somebody to take your place. You think about what I'm saying. You think about how sad it was when, when a little child by the name of Samuel was sleeping in his bedchamber and God was talking to him. And you think of Eli, the, the man who just grew carnal and allowed certain things to take place and was not in tune. Now, all he could do is go back to a lingering memory of what it used to be like. And when God began to speak to him, you think of what was going through this prophet's or this priest's mind when he saw this little child walking around there in the tabernacle, knowing full well this man is taking my place. You think about it. You see, you can't come in the house of God. And I know we have guests here, and some of you guests, you, you may think, man, this preacher, he's wild and rough and crude. Listen, I'm one of the nicest fellows you've ever seen. <clears throat> I really am. I'm so kind and sweet. Just ask Sister Grant. But let me tell you something. When it comes to preaching the Word of God, I cannot afford to be less than honest with you. You can't come in here and feel victory if all you've had your mind on all week long is some television program, some detective Slayings or something. Something that's lewd. People come in here with passion on their mind and, and all the cares of this life and such. The Christian has to walk separated where a good soldier must not entangle himself with the cares of this life. He's a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how a person can sit down all week long and watch soap operas and such. Turn television sets on night after night after night and watch all these gang killings and rapes and everything else. But you see, this is our world today. This is our world today. 
Not too long ago, I was in a home and they'd been watching TV and they were telling me about a commercial in which the government had sponsored concerning condoms. And I know this may sound crude, but the kids have all heard it anyway. It's not reading, writing, and arithmetic in schools anymore. It's reading, writing, and rubbers. Those are the three R's of school today. And that's why we have a Christian school. Because we want our children to walk on streets of gold. And this is why, young person, that your mother's very picky about what you say and where you go and who you fellowship with. Because she loves your soul. And she knows the rapture will take place shortly. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You might as well go ahead and clap it and laugh about it and like it. Because it's that way, my friend. Jesus Christ is coming back to this planet Earth for His church. I believe with all my heart. Now let's get into something that's very, very positive. I'll tell you, I, I hear so much. People are talking about holy rollers. You know, we were up in, in a meeting Friday night and there was a banquet next to us. And they came over and they said, you guys have got to stop this holy roller stuff. People at the banquet. My mind went to a few banquets that were being held next to us when we were trying to have business meetings, and we couldn't. And people were in there playing rock music and such and dancing and juking and jiving. And we, we, we logged some complaints, and they laughed at us. So an usher slipped up and said, Brother Grant, they're going to come up here and tell you to shut this down. And I thought, well, any moment a police officer will probably walk in here because the usher gave no satisfaction. One preacher said, what would you do if a police officer came in here and tried to shut this down? I said, I'd go get the mic and hand it to him and tell him I will not do it if Jesus would not tell those people to be quiet that threw down the palm leaves and their coats, neither will I. If the police officer wants to do it, he can do it. But we're going to sing and we're going to shout. And we will sing praises unto God. Even if we're in prison, we will still do it. It's been done before, my friend. And in fact, talking about prison, we have one of our chaplains in one of our prisons. I think it's in Tennessee. At this present time, in one federal prison, 1,100 inmates have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And most of them have been filled with the Holy Ghost in one prison in Tennessee. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> my, you talking about God putting a church together, my friend. Right now, the chief chaplain of all of the military in the Pentagon is one of our United Pentecostal Church officers, one of our preachers, Major Brewster. You think about that just for a moment. He's in charge of all of the units throughout the world, including the political figures in the Pentagon. Recently, one of our chaplains, I think his name is George Hernandez, I think he's a lieutenant, uh, full of the Holy Ghost. We have 11 chaplains. They're all full of the Holy Ghost. It's not easy to become a chaplain. You have to have a master's degree or better. They start you out as captain working on up. 
You've been in the military. You know what it's all about. They tell our United Pentecostal Church preachers when you come in, one thing you have to sign, and that is, if you are a United Pentecostal Church minister and you are endorsed by that church, you must preach the doctrines of that church. We expect you to be Pentecostal from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. When we tell people there's going to be a Pentecostal service, we expect it to be a Pentecostal service. So Brother Hernandez went into a new area, took the room they gave him. Of course, they have a lot of other services going on at the same time. First service, he had 60. Next service, he had 90. Next service, he had 110. Next service, he had over 200. Then he went to his superior officer and talked with him. They allowed him to go out of out of the military compound, and they ran a high school auditorium. And recently he had 900 soldiers listening to the preaching of the Word of the Lord. 901 service. Oh, my Jesus, my Jesus. You think Jesus, you think Jesus is getting this church ready? My, my, my. So you heard the report, Brother... Cunningham gave about uh, Brother Haney's church in Stockton. Now, I don't know what Brother Haney had this past Easter, but I, he always has a good, good attendance. I know four or five years ago he had 8,400 in Sunday school. But recently, this was not Easter Sunday, recently he decided that he wanted to have a Holy Ghost Sunday and see how many people he could get filled with the Holy Ghost in one day because he feels the urgency of the hour. He divided his church into 135 teams and they hit the streets and they thoroughly canvassed Stockton, California in one day. The following Sunday morning after that Saturday, in addition to the thousands that he has coming to church, 1,100 first-time visitors walked inside of that church. Brother Billy Cole preached and Brother Jack Cunningham gave the altar call, and 326 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that Sunday morning service. You think Jesus is getting this church ready? My friend, this church is alive, and it's well, and Jesus Christ is the author of it. And He's guiding the old ship of Zion safely to heaven's shores, I believe with all my heart. Easter Sunday morning, Brother Haney had 60 people on Easter Sunday morning to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This year alone, he's had over 500 people already to receive the Holy Ghost. You know why I want to see a 100 soul revival? Not because Stockton's having it. Not because they're having it in prisons. But because these precious people that don't know Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost will be lost forever and forever. But I do feel if Stockton can get 326 in one service, 60 in another, and over 500 in the first quarter, we can have a 100-so revival right here in Madison. I believe that with all my heart. Brother Urson just came back from El Salvador. Of course, you, you know Brother Billy Cole told us this. He was down there 
couple of years ago, over 3,000 people received the Holy Ghost in one service. Brother Urshan recently preached this service. Over 2,900 people in El Salvador in one service received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You think about that. That's a lot of people. Brother Billy Cole was in Papua New Guinea last year. 4,500 people received the Holy Ghost in four or five days. He was recently there for one service. Over 3,000 people, a duplication of Acts, the second chapter, took place in just a matter of three hours' time in one service. Now, you've heard this report. I'm going to have to give it to you again, though. We talked about the 70,000. 1991, Brother Cole... <clears throat> Went to Ethiopia in one service, 1992, pardon me. Over 30,000 people received the Holy Ghost. 70,000 people were present in one meeting. 1993, over 50,000 received the Holy Ghost. Over 100,000 people were present in that one meeting. This past year, they secured a larger place, a walled area in which they could set up all of their PA equipment and such. This spring, just a few short weeks ago, over 200,000 people inside of this compound area heard the gospel preach, and over 50,000 people outside, and 70,000 people in one service received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now you think about this. Listen to this. Listen to this. In 1992 and 1993 and 1994, in three days alone, 420,000 Ethiopians visited these service, services. 30,000, 50,000, 70,000. In three services alone, 150,000 out of 420 responded to the gospel call and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you see, here's a land where people have nothing to live for. They're dying. Starvation. Just a few years ago, we saw all the articles printed and saw all the, the media publications and such, and these poor people dying. They have nothing to live for. But out of the midst of the greatest devastation that's ever hit the planet Earth comes one of the greatest, or the greatest revival ever poured out to a group of people any place. Do you think Jesus wants to save them? You see, in God there is no respecter of persons. Or He is no respecter of persons. In Him he's no, He is not respect of any person. He loves those people as much as He loves me. Down in the Leeward Islands, the little brother went out to the garbage heap and picked up a four-foot piece of PVC pipe, inch and a quarter PVC pipe, brought it back to his house and took his jackknife out and began to, began to carve on it, scrape it down. He scraped it down until he could take his hand and blow on the end of this thing, go back and forth and make notes on it, learn how to play this. Brings it to the house of God every service. Plays this thing. Plays it over and over and over. Sounds like a tuba when he plays it. He knows just how to do it. Where to put his hand to make a high sound. Where to put his hand to make a low sound. Just how to touch it. Cost him nothing, but he has a desire. Some of our churches, you can come in, all kinds of musical instruments. We're picky about them, you know. We lay them all around. And No, I don't like to play that one. I don't like to play this one. Here's this brother that's praying by playing for the glory of God. 
My, 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 my. I want to turn to James, the fifth chapter. I just want to read. Why hasn't Jesus Christ come back? You see, the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ has seemingly been the, the spark that has ignited all people of all ages to work with fervency, yet He's not back. But in James, the fifth chapter, verse 7, the Bible says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and the latter rain. Jesus Christ is waiting on one thing, and only one thing, my friend, and that's for a few more souls to find His Holy Spirit. His blood can cleanse a few more. That's what He's waiting on. I'm very serious when I stand behind this pulpit to tell you. If I've ever been serious in my life, the other night in prayer, it was like I, I've been praying for one of our missionaries. It's just like it was not a vision, but I just saw him get in his, in, in his Jeep. He drives a, actually it's a Toyota Forerunner, I think it's called. And I just see him getting in this and traveling all, out across the country in which he evangelizes going up a steep hill, down into a little valley, across the river, back up, parks his vehicle, and gets out, walks to the other side of the mountain to a small village, opens his Bible, and preaches to the last people that need to hear the gospel. And one man, the more than received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and there was a loud sound that came forth from the portals of glory as God welcomed church home. And who knows that that soul may be taking your place. You may say, Brother Grant, you really feel it could be that way? I don't only feel, I don't only feel it could be that way, it will be that way with some. Read Matthew 25, verse 1 through 13. Some concerned, praying people were not concerned enough and didn't pray enough, and they let the light grow dim in their lamp. You listen to what I'm saying. That's going to call the church home. This world's going to go into the biggest turmoil it's ever been in. Stars are going to fall from the heavens like a fig tree that cast her leaves in an untimely season. That's what the Bible says. We went on a vacation one time. We were going a couple of weeks to the general conference and took a few extra days. We came home, and we had one of these fig trees, uh, these small trees, one like we had. We got one out in the vestibule, I think. And it looked green and everything, and I was vacuuming in there, and I bumped it. And this poor tree had not had a drink of water now for about two and a half weeks. Maybe longer than that, because I'm not for sure we watered it before we left. But it looked okay, and when I bumped it, guess what happened? Every leaf on the tree, hundreds of them, literally fell. And I sat there, but tears welled up in my eyes, because you see, I know the Bible too well. And I thought of what John, the revelator, saw. 
And he said, the stars shall fall from the heavens like the leaves of a fig tree in an untimely season. In other words, drought hits. It's got leaves. It's not autumn because they don't fall like that in autumn. They fall a few here and a few there until the frost bites them all. But when there's no water on the roots, they all die. That's what we're going to see on this planet Earth. And every island and mountain shall be moved out of its place. We had one of the greatest moves of God in Port-au-Prince, France, in Martinique, that I've seen in a long time as I began to talk to these people, many people off the streets. I said, you do not want to be in these islands after Jesus Christ comes back. Several first-time visitors received the Holy Ghost in that service. You don't want to be here because that's what the Bible says. And then after all the starvation and wars and such that comes upon the planet Earth, the Bible says, then comes that great and notable day in which the angel will ascend out of heaven and put one foot on land and one foot on the sea And he will cup his hands and his voice will be heard throughout all the earth as he declares that time shall be no more. And echoing from east to west and around the earth, his voice goes and God pulls the curtain on time and takes every man to the white throne judgment. But the good news is that Jesus is still dealing with the Gentiles. And he's still filling people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the good news is that regardless of what you're wrapped up in, whether it be the cares of this life, some fantasy or frill that you get out of some soap opera or whatever, perhaps you're so caught up in the sports world that that dominates your mind, Perhaps some hobby that you have is taking you away from God. Regardless of what it is, it's still time for you to break that yoke. You can do it tonight. If you've never repented of your sins, been baptized in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can do that tonight also. If for some reason problems and cares and troubles and trials beat you down, listen, you can come to this altar and you leave this altar I'm not going to say all your problems are going to disappear, but I'll tell you one thing. Isn't it amazing that when you take a different view of your problems, how small that 99% of all the things you worry about either will stay the same or you will not change them by worrying. One or the other. But tonight... You can cast your cares upon him. Let's stand. My. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Somebody needs to come right now and give their heart to God. Don't wait till the music starts. Come on right now.
If you're a guest of ours, it's not going to hurt you to come and pray. Don't be afraid. Every person in this building will help you. They care for you. Come on right now. Oh, my Jesus. Oh, come on right now. Jesus wants you to take Jesus wants to take you home. center aisle here. Come on. Let's give our heart to God. Let's seek His face. Come in. 